Welcome, my friends, to the Bucklerverse. I am your host, Podcasting's Danny Buckler. It's your weekly look at all things film, comic book, nerdy, through the prism of the lens of my fascinating personality disorders that have defied medical classification. I am your host, Podcasting's Danny Buckler. If you're watching the YouTube version, by all means, hit subscribe, hit the bell, and give us a like. A like will absolutely enhance your experience of what is to follow. This week's show, a slight tinge of sadness. It's not going to be maudlin, don't panic, but you know, sad. There's no point in denying it. It's a sad thing that's happened. Um, two, two bereavements this week in the in the world of uh, performance, magic, show business. One, a personal one that I'm not going to go into now, but I will do on a future show because he is going to get a proper tribute. Believe you me, some fantastic stories. Someone that I knew passed away. But the other person, although I didn't know him, I was a massive fan of his work and uh, and he made my life better and his name was Kevin Conroy and he was the Batman and I mean he was the Batman. Kevin Conroy was the voice of Batman for um, starting in 1992 up until about, I think it was two, when was his last go at it? Not long ago, only a couple of years. I mean he was literally, he put in a good solid 30 year shift, um, give or take. Personal reflections, by the way, this podcast, you know what I mean? Some dates might be, I've got a Wikipedia open just for the dates to double check stuff because I know what you lot are like, but um, he was the voice of the Batman. He, he, He was, so Batman the Animated Series launched off the back of the Tim Burton films back in 1992. I believe Batman Returns was just out. I first heard about it from my sister. She told me it was a new Batman cartoon. Have you seen it? And, uh, and I hadn't. And, oh, what's it like? And she said, oh, it's just like the Tim Burton films. And I thought, oh, no, because um, <laughs> I hadn't really enjoyed Batman Returns that much. I've, I've grown to love it since. But Batman Returns was always the Bat film where I was a little bit, I pretended to like it. I tried to convince myself that I liked it, but I didn't because it wasn't a Batman film. It isn't a Batman film. It's it's a, a Tim Burton film it's it's a weird quirky creaky emo batman film it's it's once you realize actually as a, as a man now i can approach it as this is this artist's take on the character as valid as any other artist's take on the character but at the time i was just thinking they're getting batman wrong you know turning the penguin into like a man fish that lives in the sewers and you know, as it has this horrible plan where he wants to kidnap all of Gotham's firstborn babies and drown them. That's nice. You know, that's not that's not what I want from the Penguin. I want what I got in the Batman. I want the mob boss. I want the arms dealer. I want to see the club and all the, the things around that. And I was awarded with this. Anyway, so that's come out and it's an odd film. I'll do a whole show on that. But this is about Kevin Conroy. Um, Batman the Animated Series launched off the back of that and I gave it the old school try and you know what it was nothing like it was obviously informed by the Tim Burton films Danny Elfman did the score for it Um, wonderful theme was a better theme I think than what he gave um, the Batman obviously the Batman theme and then he sort of varied it slightly so the animated series if I recall was Na 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 like a more orchestral sweeping 
thing. The, the show was very Art Deco in its stylings. Gotham City looked very 1920s-esque. The characters were dressed thus. And Batman looked like Batman. He didn't look like Tim Burton's Batman. He looked like Batman. He was in the, 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 the light grey, dark blue cowl, yellow badge, you know, the traditional Batman garb. And Kevin Conroy gave him voice, him and Bruce Wayne. And what a superb job he did. He did it. He chose to. He went the two voices route with uh, the Bruce Wayne voice and the Batman voice. The Batman voice being a, a disguised version of the Bruce Wayne voice, but you could tell it was him. You know that. I mean, that was obviously taken uh, the approach that Keaton took in Batman '89. You know, the, the Batman's voice is essentially. A low whisper, it's Bruce Wayne's voice, but it's a low whispery version. You know, it's very like that, as opposed to the extremes it was taken to by Christian Bale in his Dark Knight trilogy. Where's the trigger, man? I mean, that's like, Christ, that grates on the ear. The only, I mean, I do love those films with all my heart and soul, and I love Christian Bale's Batman, and if you told me who's your favourite, it would be him. Um, it would be him, definitely. But that voice, sometimes you feel like that last one, The Dark Knight Rises, is Battle of the Voices. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where's the trigger, man? <laughs> you only adopted the silly voice. I was born with it, molded by it. <laughs> I didn't hear a decent voice until I was already ten years old. So, Conroy's bat was, and he played such... The levels of nuance, because it's long form storytelling. It's a long. There's, there's many seasons of the, the the animated series of Batman, so he got to explore so many facets of the character that other actors don't get to in the course of a movie. It's changing now. The Batman's three hours long, so you do get. You know, if, if they continue with that, you know, length of film, you're going to get some. In, you know, some hopefully some good work from Robert Patterson. But um. He had got to provide the various emotions, and then he carried the character into the Justice League cartoon, which featured the other Justice League members, and there are some moments in that he's got. There's one episode, I forget what it's called, but it's the one with the psychic girl. There's a psychic girl, and she's uh, she's dying at the end of the episode, and um, Conroy's Batman just sits with her while it happens. He, you know, he asks to, to be with her, basically, and he just all he does is he just sits and takes her hand, and... She's talking to him about her life and um, what it was like to not have a childhood because of who she was. She, she was. she felt she was robbed of her childhood. And he relates to her because obviously Bruce Wayne was. He doesn't go into a big speech, just a few lines, but the delivery, there's just so many layers to it. Great performance in that. But it expanded from this. He wasn't just Batman in the animated series. He got to voice Batman in... Uh, See, DC own Marvel at the moment in only one respect, and that is that they've ballsed up their cinematic universe. Let's not mince words. It's confusing now. I mean, I don't even know who the fuck, who's the official Batman. I don't know. One minute it's Robert Patterson, then Affleck's coming back for another go. So we'll have to, then Michael Keaton's coming back. Then the Michael Keaton one gets cancelled because Batgirl gets cancelled. So Affleck gets moved over to Aquaman to reshoot the Keaton scenes because they now make no sense because Batgirl's not coming out. Meanwhile, the Flash has gone tits up because their stars, are, you know troubled, I think that's putting it mildly, not trying to court controversy, but you know what I mean, you'd have to have your head in a bucket to not see what's been going on there, there's a chance that might not even come out, that's supposed to be bringing Keaton back as the DC Universe Batman, but now that's not happening, now we find that Affleck's also appearing in Aquaman sequel, as well as being in the flat, who's Batman then? You know, I mean, I'm, pff, 
Marvel's multiverse is weirdly clear. I know there's multiple versions of characters, but I still know who's who and which way's up and which way's down. DC, blown it. And they've made the right mess of their cinema offerings. And the films just simply aren't particularly good. I'm very, very careful with what I say on here because obviously I do have a career in show business. I've not quite given up the ghost on being successful. But <laughs> to move beyond the confines of YouTube and podcasting and beyond the pub circuit that takes my comedy stylings every weekend. But um, I can't pretend the DC films are good when they ain't, you know. So I've got that weird fantasy still, right, that someone's going to be watching this one. I mean, this, let's not mince words. You've seen The View Count. This is still a new show. But um, I've still got this fantasy. One day some director is going to be sort of just thumbing through the internet and see this and go, do you know what? We saw you. We were recasted. We're recasting for Tony Stark from Universe 42 at the moment. And we were going to go with maybe Tom Cruise or some other name. But we saw you sitting there on YouTube wearing them tinted glasses sipping that mug of tea and we thought that that's the guy we're going to pin this franchise on stranger things have happened my friends i'm putting that out there as a spell but their films the dc ones not not so glorious but where they're winning their animated output is phenomenal the, the dc animated films are incredible check them out and conroy's the voice of batman in a good few of them with a few exceptions so he brings the bat to um the Justice League ones, Justice League Doom is a particularly good one. And uh, he's also the Batman in the animated version of The Killing Joke. Oh, now that's a dark the Batman tale, but I recommend that wholeheartedly. I really do. With with with, with a, a minor little um, caveat that you've got to ignore the first half hour of it. Because the, the Killing Joke is a very dark, a beautiful Batman book written by Alan Moore. Um, about the relationship between the Batman and the Joker, specifically about their relationship. It tells the story of uh, the Joker's attempts to prove to the world that the only difference between him and anybody else is one bad day. And to prove this, he goes into dark waters. He he kidnaps and tortures Commissioner Gordon. He paralyzes Barbara Gordon, leading to the creation of the character Oracle. He, he cripples the Batgirl for life. It's horrible. Um, and all the time he's being pursued by the Batman in this game of cat and mouse. But it also tells the story, running parallel, of a struggling nameless comedian at his wit's end. A man being destroyed by life. A man who can't get a laugh for love. All he wants to be is a comedian, provide for his heavily pregnant wife. But life is not treating him well. And he's having a bad day. And it don't take a genius to work out where the twist is here. And that these two stories are leading to a point. It's brilliant. And in the animated film, Conroy came back. And Mark Hamill came back to voice the Joker. Mark Hamill has been Kevin Conroy's Joker over the years. And the two of them together, it's always electric. And um, when the animated series finished, uh, Hamill did say he would come back only to do the killing joke. And only if Conroy did the Batman. And lo, that came to pass. Correct me if I'm wrong on that. But for some reason, they couldn't just film the book. They do film the book. You do get that. You get that story. But they had to put on an attack on, a, a desk, I guess, for running time, like a half-hour opening story that's got no relation to The Killing Joke at all, which is basically Batman and Batgirl have it off on the roof of a building. 
it's horrible. It's really horrible. I mean, it's just badly written, badly thought through. It bears no relation to the killing joke. So you get this horrible screeching halt halfway through where the actual killing joke starts. So my advice to you is to, if, to, is to watch The Killing Joke. It is great, but it's only great from when it's actually The Killing Joke, which is when you see the rainfall. There's the clue. The rainfall, the shot of the rainfall is the start of The Killing Joke, which is the first panel of the book. But ignore that bilge that came before. And the arrogance of it, looking at that perfect thing and thinking to yourself, yeah, I can improve that. I tell you what this needs. It needs my writing. Alan Moore, Alan Moore, we're talking about Alan Moore, wrote this. Alan Moore hasn't quite done the job right in this. I'm going to make improvements. Get a f- And they had the, the cheek to publish it as a novel with their edition. Do you know what I mean? No wonder Alan Moore's pissed off at the comic book industry. I'd be furious if someone did that to me. A little diversion there, but Conroy, as always, excellent. Has one of his finest Batman moments. Again, a mild spoiler here, but this leads, this story leads to Conroy's Batman and Hamill's Joker having a conversation. The climax of the story is an incredible conversation between two characters who have gone at each other for decades, but are now having probably possibly their only honest Frank. Let's, have, let's talk about this. What are we to each other? What am I to you? What are you, are you to me? And where is this going? And Batman offers an olive, an olive branch. I won't tell you if it's taken or not, but the scene is beautiful. And Conroy and Hamill play it. Just It's just subtle, nuanced work. It's just beautiful. He was never better. There's one other one that sticks in my head. I'm trying to remember the name of the episode. Again, the names. there's so many episodes of it. It's the one Batman's taken a face full of Jonathan Crane's fear, fear serum, the, the scarecrows, and he's having a nightmare. He feels he's a failure. He's been haunted by images of his own failure. And he talks himself out of it. He, he beats this fear gas with his own mind. He talks himself out of it. And he does it. He delivers his speech. I am not a failure. And you see him bringing himself out just with words. It's a proper sort of Wolf of Wall Street. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But with Batman. And it's a little speech. I've sometimes had this. When I get, it's no secret. I've mentioned it before. that The old Buckles is slightly neurodiverse. And by slightly, I mean a lot. And um, I don't talk about it very often because he wants to hear that. This is about comic books and stuff. Do you know what I mean? I, I, may, I was maybe a little bit too much of this in the early episodes. But, you know, if you're Joe Pasquale's son, you can talk about it and get a book deal. But Buckles, you just get funny looks. But um, that speech he gives to get himself out of this desperate state of affairs that he's in, I am vengeance. I am not a, I am not a failure. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. You see him pumping himself up. I'm not going to lie to you. I've done it. Oh, the embarrassment. But I have. I've been low in my room. You know, not my fault. Nothing's happened. Just the old brain chemistry. And uh, I've had to get myself out of it because it's that or just lose weeks to this bloody thing. And I've actually done the whole, I am not a failure. I am the knight. I am vengeance. I am Buckles, dun, 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 flash of lightning at the window, dun, the B signal goes up, drawing me out, <laughs> and now off to bring laughter to the people of 
Guildford. <laughs> oh, mate. God, Batman's got me through so many dark nights. I'm going to do a special show. I won't do it now because of time. I want to talk about Kevin Conroy a bit more. But coming up on this, I'm going to do a show about the best Batman book, one of the best I've ever read, uh, Dark Knight, A True Batman Story by Paul Dinney. That's going to get an episode because that's entirely about what I've just talked to you about. It's, it's for real, you know. It's not a silly thing. So Kevin Conroy, he, he brought Batman to the screen. I'm just going to double check my dates on this. He's also the voice of Batman in the Flashpoint Paradox, um, which is the basis for this Flash film that's hopefully going to see the light of day if they ever pull their bloody act together and get their, their boy under control. Um, and that angers me. There's nothing worse than seeing people, horrible people, people who behave appallingly getting rewarded, you know? But anyway, they'll sort that out, I'm sure, and he'll come good. And, um, if you know, and he'll get the help he needs, hopefully. Uh, but the Flashpoint Paradox is that story from the actual book to the screen for a very few alterations in that. Conroy's the Batman in it. Um, and again, a very rich performance. See, oh, because all they're all different takes on the Batman that he gives. It's not the same. He's not, he's not playing the same Batman every time. So he gives a very different take on it. It's, 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 a, it's a There's a reason he kept getting asked back. And there's a reason that he's, he's missed. When he doesn't do the voice of the Batman, I miss him. When it's not him, I miss him. There's a few animated films, it's not him. The only one that I've enjoyed as much is uh, Peter Weller voices the Batman in the animated version of The Dark Knight Returns. And that's a, an incredible performance. But it's very specific to that Batman. Um, it wouldn't have worked in any other context. But in that context, it really does. He's, and he's, he's incredible. I recommend that animated film, by the way. But other than that, Kevin Conroy is so great in this part. When he's not there, you miss him. I and in the Flashpoint, he gives a great take on it because that's where ba everything gets reversed and everything gets weird. It's Batman from another. It's an alternative. The, the Flash goes back in time. Long story short, goes back in time, changes the course of events. When he gets back to now, everything's different, and so Conroy's you know, everything's just different and. Uh, there's, there's your boy, giving it some fantastic bat right in the centre of it. He also voiced Batman in the computer games, uh, Assault on Arkham and uh, a couple of others. I'm not a computer game guy, so you have to forgive me with this. Um, definitely Assault on Arkham and one other that's uh, escaping me right now. I do apologise. Computer games ain't my thing. But again, very different Batman. Um, and again, one of my favourite moments. I've not, I've got, can't lie, never played the game, but I've sat and watched my brother play it. You know what I mean? It's one of those because he's into his games and I'm not. And I've been in the room when he's been playing it. And there's movies within the game that I quite enjoy. And one moment I quite like is uh, when he lets, he threatens Superman. Basically, you ever slip over the line, I'm coming for you. So it gives him a little bit of a sideways, you know. Don't you go to sleep at night, mate. <laughs> But a very, very interesting twist in the Conroy Batman output was the um, Crisis on Infinite Earths thing that they did with the Belantiverse. The, the, the TV, again, DC do well on television. They can only get their act together cinematically. They'd have it all. But they, they do very well on television. They have Supergirl. Arrow was the first one, rather. Arrow was the best Batman series without Batman being in it. Um, Arrow, Supergirl, Superman and Lois now. Um, 
there's a couple of others. Batwoman is one. Uh, Heroes of Tomorrow, what are they called? That other one, the, the ensemble show. They've got a universe, this uni- and this universe is a universe. The shows interact with each other. Supergirl, The Flash as well. Supergirl will pop up in The Flash. Arrow will pop up in whatever. You know, they, they cross over, and they did a kind of a a big story where all the, their various seasons that were running had had the same story, the crisis on infinite earths, where things were, where you know, the, across infinity, destruction was being wrought. And we got to see various other universes in the they all interacted with each other but we got to see other so we got a wonderful thing like we got a cameo from Burt Ward as Robin because that universe that the Batman 1966 universe exists so we got to see Burt Ward as Robin we got to see um Robert Wall as uh, Alexander Knox from Batman 89 the reporter that appears in the first film and never again um the sort of comic relief character if you will he popped up for one scene we got to see Brandon Roth reprise his role as Superman from the Superman movies. And Bannon Roth basically is playing the Christopher Reeve Superman. He's playing the same character. So uh, we got to see what happened to him in later life. Lovely stuff like this. And in fact, I would love to see a full series of that because he was so good in it that um, I would really like to see that Superman given a a series of his own. You know what I mean? A proper, even if it's just a limited series or a four episode thing or something. But we also got to see Kevin Conroy in the flesh as Bruce Wayne. He actually played Bruce Wayne in an episode of Batwoman. Um, And it's interesting because he doesn't play the Bruce Wayne we all thought he was going to. He plays a kind of a very embittered, um, angry Bruce Wayne, an older Bruce Wayne who's succumbed to his injuries. He's being held up by like a mechanical suit that enables him to walk and he has various weapons built into it and he's... He's not happy. He, and he's almost a villain in it, in fact. I mean, he really has a go at Batwoman and Super. He actually attacks them, you know. Um, so it's simultaneously a shame because I would like to have seen him play his Batman in real life, you know? Or his Bruce Wayne, at least. He's an older guy. And that's the thing about voice work. You can do it forever because your voice in animation, that, your age is irrelevant. He was 66 when he passed away. Um... So he was playing younger Bat- a younger Batman as an older guy quite a bit of the time. Um, but I would like to have seen him play his old Batman rather than what we got, which was um, which he is great by the way. There's no you're not knocking the book. And again, but again, it's another layer to the character. It's another interpretation. It's another you know what actor gets to interpret a role multiple times over, different directors, different takes, different points in life, different universes, different. Do you know what I mean? That's he, he, he covered the back gamut. No one else has done this with the Batman. No one else. I think the only other actor to play him more is um who wins. There was the guy that did the voice, but the animated voices before him over the sort of 50s, 60s and 70s. He, and he was the, the previous contender, but that was all very 1950s animation. The Super Friends! Dun, 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 you know, kind of, you know, it wasn't, animation wasn't what it is now. Um, I can't think who's played him more. Probably Affleck, if I think about it. How many times has Affleck done it? Man, Jack Silas Justice League pops up in the Suicide Squad. By the time Ant-Man and the Flash comes out, not Ant-Man and the Flash, fool, Aquaman and the Flash come out, Affleck would have done it five times. I think that puts him in the running for the actor to play in the most in live action, albeit, you know, only for three minutes in Suicide Squad and two minutes here and there. 
Yeah, yeah, weirdly, he's still not got his own Batman film. Weirdly, always been in a part of an ensemble. Batman versus Superman being the closest. That too will get its own show soon. Because that needs dissecting. Mm. So Kevin Conroy got to actually walk around the Batcave, walk around Stately Wayne Manor and be seen, which was beautiful. And, uh, yeah. Sad times. I'd like to have seen him go up against Mark Hamill as a live-action Joker. That's what I would like to have seen that one. Just once, for one scene. Because those two together, it was always great. He had a really good Joker in Hamill. You know, I mean, Affleck definitely wins worse Joker. Because Affleck got saddled, saddled with that, whatever that was. <laughs> Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'll be your friend. Get a piss. Awful Joker. Awful. But, um... Keaton got Nicholson. Uh, Patterson's got whatever his name is behind the glass. We haven't really seen him yet. But um, Bale got Ledger. But yeah, Conroy got Hamill. And ask fans, by the way, ask fans uh, who the best Batman is and who the best Joker is. And it's invariably Conroy and Hamill that comes top of the list. You know. Because they did it the most, and they did it on the, in, in, in every conceivable way. There was a Batman series, Batman Beyond. It was Batman of the future, and, and Bruce Wayne has retired. It's a young guy; he's trained up. So you've got old Batman, but then, you've, but then Hamill's Joker appears as a computer program in, in an episode. You know, they still had that thing. Aye, to see those two in live action would have been phenomenal. Hamill sort of. Did, I don't think it's his body, but he gave he voiced the live act. There was a TV series called Birds of Prey, back in the day, back in the sort of late 90s, I think it was. It was the uh, the Huntress, the Oracle, and uh, the Black Canary uh, were, were the three birds in Gotham. And the idea was that Batman had disappeared, these three heroines had risen up. And in the prologue, you heard the Joker's voice. Batman and the Joker have their final battle in live action, and it's Hamill doing the Joker. I don't think Batman speaks. I'm going from memory here. I could be mistaken there. But it's, it's Hamill's voice, but I don't think it's Hamill in the suit. Um, but yes, tangents, man. Kevin Conroy, he left us very tragically just a few days ago. Um, it is sad. Before his time. Um, cancer's a bitch, man. And uh, But he's left this body of work that um, is well worthy of your investigation. If you're a Batman fan... Don't be put off by the fact it's animation. Dig in. Batman the Animated Series. Get a few of those DC films as well and have a look at them. The Killing Joke. Ignore that first half hour. And, uh, yeah. Some of the best Bat viewing you'll ever watch. Incredible. He was vengeance. He was the knight. He was the Batman. Sleep well, Kevin Conroy. And thank you for listening, my friends. I will chat to you again on the very next episode of The Buckleverse.